Kicsi microphone <laughs> morning. I'd like to thank uh, everybody for their prayers uh, this past week. Um, it's been a trying week, to say the least. Um, you know, it uh, appears that the hunter's healed and there's no issue. But I didn't pray for healing. I prayed that the Lord's will be done and that he might be glorified in the outcome. And that's what we have. So thank you, Lord. All right. Um, besides that this week, I've been, uh, I got run into 
uh, a stoplight, knock my truck about six feet forward. Again, best possible outcome. Didn't see it coming. Had foot light on the brake. About 45 feet of skid marks. Nailed me. Since I was loose, it was best possible outcome. So it's been interesting. One thing uh, I'll say that uh, I'm really somewhat ashamed that over the past couple of weeks, you know, I've tried to be more attentive to the Spirit and what the Spirit's trying to say. And that's wrong. It should always be that way. And it's been a good one. Don't know how long this is going to go or exactly what I'm going to say. But here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. And the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the world was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of truth and grace. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, ye know and the way ye know. And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him, and I will sup with him, and he with me. 
Matthew 26, 39, speaking of Jesus, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Luke 23, 33, and 34. And when they were come to the place which was called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right, the other on the left. And then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 24, 46. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day. John 14, 16, and 17, Jesus speaking. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that ye may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because it receiveth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelt with you and shall be in you. John 10.30 I and my Father are one. And this is what God, our Creator, our Savior, has done for us, is doing for us, and will do for us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Lord, we ask that you be with us. Holy Spirit, remove those things from our mind, those distracting spirits, may they be gone. Burden us where we might need to be burdened. Fill us where we need to be filled. Not that our wants, but our needs be met. Here on earth as it is in heaven, may you be glorified in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Second Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Luke 21.33 And heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. That's the power of Scripture. And that's why I've opened with it. It is very strong. Paul said that the flesh is always against you. And you're constantly fighting it. And no matter what you do, you're fighting it. And I believe he called himself a chief among sinners. 
But Paul didn't know me. I am that way. We all are. You know, I'll be talking about myself a lot today. But when I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about you. Because we're the same. We're the same even, you read back through the Bible, even before Christ came around, you know, there was all this sin and people did all these things. We do the same things today. You know, we are much more modernized and we have all these electronical things and which I can't stand. <laughs> you know, keep it simple for me. But we are the same. The same things over and over again. All right, Lord, I were in South Carolina last Thanksgiving. We were visiting with my dad, and uh, one of his favorite restaurants, McDonald's. And he posed this question, and I'm going to pose it to you. Don't answer. Just ponder the answer. What is the most important, highest attribute of God? And that's what came out of my mouth. But on the inside, I was going, what? You want me to classify God, the Almighty, that any part of him is greater or less great than any other part? I don't think so. Then, well, what is the answer? Is it his holiness? Is it his love? Is it his perfection? Well, maybe I'll answer the question with a question. Don't you hate when somebody does that? I can't stand it. And finally he said, it's not a trick question. You've got to watch my dad, though. It's not a trick question. It's his holiness. I've thought about it a lot. And that was the end of that conversation on that subject. Well, I've thought about it a lot over the years. And it's coming up on a year. And I think that's the right answer. Because of God's holiness, as there's so many things that he has done or set in motion. He's given us free will. Free will to glorify him. We are not forced to do anything. We'll get to that a little bit later. But it brings pleasure to God when we worship him. He created us for his pleasure. We bring him pleasure by doing and following his statutes, whatever they may be, and even in the smallest of ways. Do you remember when your seed was planted? I, I remember I was about seven years old. I was at my grandmother's. And at seven years old, 
I remember there's really only two things I was interested in. And that is, what are we playing? What are we playing next? And how much do I have to eat so I can get dessert? So she caught me in the corner. And she told me that my heart was black. And that Jesus wanted to come to me and make it white. Well, at seven years old, I knew that Jesus belonged to God. And Jesus loved the little children. That's about all I knew. And she said it again. Your heart is black. Jesus wants to come in and make it white. And my response was, Grandma. Actually, it was Mamma. We called her Mamma. No, your heart is red. I saw it in a book. And that was the end of that, sub uh, that topic, that subject. But the seed was planted. And because of her, you know, maybe the reason that I'm here today. A couple of years ago, I was sitting in a truck at a convenience store. And another vehicle pulled up beside me. And in the vehicle, I could see the passenger, and she appeared to be afflicted. And I was sitting there eating my little nabs or what have you. And I sincerely, it really struck me, and I sincerely prayed for this woman that her affliction might be removed and that she might be helped in whatever way was needed. I didn't know anything about it, what was going on. And before I could put another peanut in my mouth, something was moved in the vehicle, and her affliction was gone. Now, I said, that was fast, and started laughing because she really wasn't afflicted. And I really thought that she was. And immediately, I was convicted. What did the Spirit say? You didn't believe. Yes, I, I believed that God would take care of the situation, but I didn't believe and expecting that it would be done just like that. So when we pray, Jesus says, pray, not just believing, but expecting, and you shall have what you need. Not necessarily what you want, but what you need. And prayer changes things, such that if you really want it and you really ask, you may have it, if it be the Lord's will. All right, I'm going to tell you a little story. The most fun I ever had hunting is when I was the dog. It was myself, 
my father and my uncle, and I was probably about 13 years old. We were out in the country visiting my grandmother, and we were looking for deer sign because we were going to hunt there the next day or the next weekend or something. And it started to snow. And we were wandering through the woods, and we ended up jumping a rabbit. Well, it was snowing really hard. So we went back, got to 22, came back down there. After we had tracked a rabbit, one full circle through the woods. The circle was more elliptical. It was about the size of a football field or maybe the track outside the football field. And at that point in time, you know, the snow was just covering the leaves and you could see pretty much when you're going through what was cleared off, pretty easy to get around. So after we got the rabbit, I mean the, uh, the gun, my uncle said, okay, he's the major circle. I'm gonna set up at the creek and Y'all two, being myself and my father, y'all bark like dogs, so I know where you're at. Well, that was great, okay? I was not a little boy anymore. I was a dog, okay? I did not have to worry about anything but acting like a dog. I could bark, I could run, howl, do whatever I wanted to because I was a dog. So we started tracking. Now we're making the second trip around. So that's what I did. Bark like a dog. I sort of like a blue tick myself. So I was trying to howl like a blue tick. And if you could see where the rabbit was going, well, you would run as hard as you could until you lost the trail. And again, it's snowing really hard. I mean, you know, one of those inch an hour snows thereabout? Well, it was somewhere around that. So even though the woods had been torn up, from where we went through the first time, you could see the rabbit tracks. So this time we're barking like dogs. We're running as hard as we can. And now the rabbit starts what they're famous for. As they will run off. And this rabbit typically went to the left. His circle was to the right. So we're making this big circle to the right, and we're running along, and he'll jump off of the trail, and he'll run off, and he runs off sometimes 10 feet, sometimes 30 feet, sometimes 50 feet. Sometimes he jumps from that point, boom, boom, back to the path. Sometimes he'll turn around and come all the way back, to, to the path and then go up the path. And in a few places, I swear, the rabbit just bat physically backed up, didn't even turn around, and got on the path and took off. Okay. So we're running along. We get to one of these. What did the rabbit do? So you don't bark as much when you're sitting there trying to figure out what the rabbit did. And everything's getting torn up every time you go through. So we, we did this follow the rabbit around uh, the circle. And he came to the creek. My uncle was there. We hear a shot. We get up to him. He missed. So, okay, we get to do this again. Okay. 
So again, it's snowing really hard, and it's taking about an hour a loop every time you make a loop around, because you can't move so fast. So again, the woods are getting torn up, and when that rabbit would hit the path, you could see the path was straight, we'd bark loud and run hard. Then we'd get to one of these little spurs, we'd be quiet, have to figure out what's going on, then guess he's back on the path, bark loud and run hard. Well, second time around, about halfway through the loop, you know, everything disappeared. It's like, what happened? Now, you can see where we'd been through there. We knew what the rabbit was doing, but he just, everything disappeared. So what do you do? Same thing a dog does. You go back to the last known track, and you start circling. You circle around till you pick up something. Well, eventually, I spotted it. I don't know how the rabbit did it, but he jumped from probably here to the door, landed on a little sapling about this big around, that was laid 20 or 30 feet out. He tiptoed right on that little sapling, all the way to the far end. Then he jumped again to another sapling and tiptoed all the way to the far end. Then off of that, went on, got back on the path, was taken off again. Well, that really threw us for a loop. We didn't quite know what was going on. We were there for a pretty good while. So we finally figured it out. Now in all this tracking, every once in a while we'd see the rabbit. Every time, every once in a while he'd pause out in front of us and we'd actually be able to see him. Then he would take off again. So anyway, back on the path, running around. He comes by the, uh, my uncle, fires a shot, killed the rabbit. He was a good eat. Okay? You don't kill something, don't eat it. All right. So, why do I tell you that story? If I sat in there, I'd be wondering, what's that got to do with anything? Well, the story is an illustration. It's an illustration of life because you are the rabbit. The dogs, the dogs are the flesh, the devil, sin, stress, the world, everything else that is nipping at your heels. Even now, there is something constantly behind you, after you, forcing you to get to the next thing. The path it is the path that God has prepared for you. The little side trails, the spurs that you get off on, that's when we're out of God's will. When we're avoiding the task at hand, where we're in the flesh, eventually we realize it and we get back to the path. Sometimes it's quick, short, Sometimes it's long. Sometimes we come back the way we came. Sometimes we go uh, across. The pause 
in the path where we're dealing with something. Is a tribulation, persecution, but the Lord's in the midst of it. He's right there with you all the time. <clears throat> Just like with me this week with Hunter. He's right there. And just because you're having trials and tribulation and you think everything's against you, as long as the Lord is right there with you, you have no fear. You shouldn't have any fear. No matter what it is, it's, I have this to do. Today, this is my task. Okay? No one likes or dislikes addressing people more than me. You know, me and Mr. Jimmy, we are like this. I am not kidding you. I understand, Jimmy, because I am the same way. Very easy to get upset. The big thing. We are stressed. We are running. We want the big thing. We want to do something that's going to just turn everything around. So we jump way over here. Or we do whatever to get off of the path. And the thing about when you're on the path, them dogs, we did, know where you're at, know where you're going. They bark louder. You're on the path doing what you're supposed to. The devil, all these things, they're loud. I'm after you. I'm coming for you. Run. Then you do something off to the side. And off to the side, the dogs get confused. And you think you've done something until you realize this isn't working. They are catching up to you. They will catch up to you. The snow. It was snowing really hard. And without that snow, snowing so hard, we've never been able to track that rabbit. We went around the same path three times in the snow. Without that fresh snow, we wouldn't have been able to tell one track from the other. The snow was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides you, comforts you, so that you can see whether you're on the path or you're off the path. So you know where you are. And he tells you, move this way. Slowly, easily do this. The hunter. The hunter is your appointed time. You never know when that is or where that is. Okay. That can come up at any time. What that rabbit didn't know is had he stayed on the path, had he run hard, he would have circled around and been right behind the dogs. And he'd have been chasing the dogs. The dogs wouldn't have been chasing him. If he'd have stayed on the path and run hard, the hunter never would have known he was coming. And he'd have got right by him. Because the hunter wouldn't have been looking for him.
All right, it's dealing with the side trails. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, in this case you, the rabbit, but the end thereof are the ways of death. James 1.22 But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because that's what we do when we get off of the path. We are deceived. We're deceiving ourselves. Romans 8.8 8. So they, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You have to try to stay in the spirit. It's much harder uh, than to do than it is to say. All right, for the path, Psalms thirty-seven twenty-three, the steps of a good man or you, the rabbit in this case, are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. In Timothy 6.6, 6, but, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So while you're on the path, if you stay on the path, you are blessed, and you should be content as long as you keep the eye, your eyes on the path. All right, the hunter, James fourteen four. As you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. The snow, Galatians five sixteen. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's see. Got a couple more here. If I can only remember. All right. For the path. Um, Romans 12. Go ahead. One and two. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right. As far as the dogs, the part that I really enjoyed. Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking who he may devour. All right. The side trails. This know, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, uh, fierce, 
despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. You know, I used that scripture the last time I was in the pulpit, and I have been in the pulpit before, and I was telling this pastor this this morning, why, I don't know. I am nobody. I am a flawed vessel. But the Lord seemed right to put me here, so I'm here. And I'm going to do what I'm asked to do. I often ask myself, why did I have so much fun? I mean, running through the woods, yeah, that's fun. Playing in the snow, yeah, that's fun. I really enjoyed pitting myself against the rabbit, seeing what the rabbit was thinking as he was moving through this whole thing. But I often wonder, was it because I was unrestrained? I was not myself. You know, there's pleasure in sin for a while. It's the same thing. Okay. Everyone has a story about that, how they came to be here. I see a lot of faces out here I hadn't seen before. Maybe I've just been away. But one day, several years back, on my way to church, just driving by here. The Lord said, you're going to be there one day. Okay. On my way back from church, drove by. Spirit said, you're going to be there one day. Twice, one day. By the church. Well, shortly thereafter, I can start to see the writing on the wall. That is Spirit showing you things to come. You don't know exactly what it is, but if you pay attention, you'll start piecing it together. Well, then a couple of months later, and I never told Laura this. It's the first time she's hearing it. A couple of months later, Laura says, I think I want to go to that church. Okay, go ahead. I had another task to do. So she comes. So I was interested when I got home. I was very confused because she was already there. And I know I passed the church and there were still people in the parking lot. I hadn't even let out. And I said, why are you home? And you know what your report was? I wasn't here, so I don't know. But your report was, them people are crazy. <laughs> so evidently, the spirit broke out. And it was not anything that she was used to. Because she's from Baptist background. I am too, for the most part. But I had been out and about, and I've seen a lot of things. And I told her, well, don't be afraid of things you don't understand. You know, it speaks Paul, talked with tongues and that sort of thing. I said, just because you don't understand it 
But anyway, I was disappointed because it was, I ain't going back there no more. Like I said, I was disappointed. But I knew the Spirit said, you will be there one day. So I was reserved to, you know, it's going to be a special speaker. It's going to be a revival. But I'll be in there one day. So you never force the issue. You wait till the door opens. So after some period of time went by, Lord says, I want to go back again. I'm going to give them another try. And she did. And of course, it wasn't quite that way the next time. And she felt more comfortable. And she started coming here. Now, I was still going to another church. And I had another task to do. The Lord had not released me. But I knew that this is where Lord needed to be. And then I would be there eventually. So then, after my task had gotten done, I came over. And I could feel the Spirit here. And this was different. It's not what I was used to. And believe you me, I was holding not just the pastor, but the whole body up to this. Is it consistent? Is there anything not right? See, I'm still here. And you see where my path has brought me? Spirit didn't tell me it's going to be my bolted. But I am. The Spirit is strong in this church. And not to take anything away from leadership. But it's not strong because of leadership. It's strong because of you. You. You bring the Spirit in with you. you we're not always all riding a wave but each of us step in for the other. And leadership appreciates it. Doing whatever you do, being a part of the body, whatever your task is. So, I forget the passage now. Wait a minute. It's uh, Matthew 6, 3 and 4, I think, where Jesus, let's see, that's not it, where Jesus, no, Mark uh, 12, 41 through 44, where Jesus talks about the widow and her mites. And I happen to have two mites here. Always welcome to come take a look at them afterwards if you've never seen one. They're just cheap copies, you know. But this is what they supposedly look like. And with this, he talks about that the widow put in 
all she had. And then in Matthew, I want to say it's 6, 3, and 4, he talks about not letting the right hand know what the left hand, I'm sorry, what the left hand know what the right hand is doing. You know, shouldn't know. And they're really talking about the same thing as far as alms go. And alms is just your works that you do for other people. Uh, in this case, talking about the poor, but that's that's not all of it. It could be what you do here in the church is that you know you do these things secretly, not looking for praise. Now, this Friday we have no fright fun night, and it's sort of hard not to be out there. And not working secretly. We're all going to be in lime green. And it's going to be here I am. I am CVAG. Okay? So you're going to be visible. Is Dwight here? Yeah, there he is. Mr. Dwight, you're going to be very visible. Okay? And you should be noticed. And we all need to pray for Dwight. That he emulates Christ and that the people see that we are just like they are. We are no different. You know, those people, those people. God says, Jesus says, we should love one another. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. And that doesn't mean you have to love what they look like the stuff they have on, the baggage they're carrying, their attitude. You have to love them down inside, deep down inside. That's what you're loving. And we need to emulate that. Let them know we are no different. We climbed out of some pit. We all did. We are all sinners. Okay? I don't know what your pit is. You know, I climbed out of one and back into another. You know, that's what happens to us when we're in sin. We have to remember that. We are there for those people and show them Christ's love. Now, the Lord's done everything for us. In the beginning, I read all that through. And we really don't have any needs. I don't. I don't care uh, what you say. You know, if we were in in Africa and we had a grass hut and a dirt floor and a cow out back, we'd be rich. And we all have much more than that. And the Lord takes care of everything that we need. So with that. The Spirit is always with you, and the Spirit is always speaking to you. And the Spirit speaks to you whether you are saved or unsaved. If you're unsaved, the Spirit is telling you, you need to accept Jesus. You need to do like the angels and look into those matters at hand. 
You can sit there and deny it all you want, and I'll tell you you're a liar. If you are saved, the Spirit is telling you what you need to do. The Spirit's giving you confirmation of something I've said here today, or something the pastor said here today. I can tell you that you are on the right path because you are here, just like Jesus' custom was to be in the synagogue. This is where God wants you to be. Why you're here today, I don't know. But if you're not saved, why not? Why are you not taking that step? The angels are just waiting to rejoice at you coming to know the Lord. We all are. What is so important that you say, no, not today. I'll do it later. That's what I went through. And remember, we are all the same. My experiences are the same as your experiences. A little bit different. The situations are, but they're all the same. All right. That is what the Lord has impressed upon me to say. And at this point, I'm going to turn it back over to their pastor. Praise the Lord, man. He made me hungry for hospital.